0: Hi everybody, I'm Cess Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Rebecca Kladinski, founder of cult swimwear label, Exist. Beck started her brand at the ripe old age of 24 with just $2,000 while studying a double degree at uni. Eight years later, and Exist is a household name, loved and worn by celebrities like the Kardashians and Rihanna. Beck joins me today to talk about how she grew her business to international success, the role of Insta and influencers, and how she championed sustainability and e commerce long before they were popular. Hi, Beck. Thank you for joining me. It's so great to have you on the show today. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: You're most welcome. Now, yours is a very fascinating journey to me because how does someone go from studying forensic psychology to being like, an absolute swimwear mogul. It just seems like such an enormous leap. It wasn't
1: really something that I set out to do, which is the nice thing. It wasn't something that I had planned to do. It just started to work. And so this is way back when, before e-commerce, before Afterpay, before... Things got really crazy. So it just happened.
0: Just really happened. Was it from like you were having trouble finding a, a cosy that you liked yourself that you decided to go into the market? What was the story behind the yeah,
1: brand? Yeah, back in, you know, 2012, 2013, there wasn't really a happy medium of price point. So you either had really, really expensive or you had Kmart and target prices. So there wasn't something that sat in the middle that was still a good product that's sort of where I was stuck and I thought I'm not the only one there's got to be sort of other people that are feeling the same way
0: and so what was the process like then for you beginning the brand um how many kind of design concepts did you come up with and what 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 were the main kind of features there weren't
1: very many design concepts it was sort of just one bikini that I had in mind that I wanted to put together and It was a bralette style, which I still carry today, but I remember having the thought it's a bralette and it's a bikini. So there's more bang for your buck there as well.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) Which is a score. And then it's just a matter of opening some lines of communication with manufacturers, which was at the time a bit daunting and confusing, but um, it was just one foot in front of the other. I remember.
0: What was it that made you think, yep, I've, I've got what it takes to do this because it sounds like you're a complete novice when it comes to business. So how did you go about, you know, as you say, finding those manufacturing connections, knowing, you know, for a start that you weren't getting ripped off by a manufacturer, for example, because you didn't have that kind of experience? What were the kind of little baby steps that you took that helped you get to the, the end point when you actually got your product out?
1: Well, by nature, I'm a tenacious kind of person and my street smart excel my book smart. So when it comes to price points and figure like if I'm getting ripped off or just making things happen, I just have a way of doing that. And I think that comes, you know, successful business owners, I think have this. It's just a little bit of something extra that, you know, pushes you to ask for a discount or pushes you to tweak a design. It's just something in me. Um, It's an innate thing. I don't know. I just, I don't like to settle for what's given to me. I like to push the boundaries a little
0: bit. And so you've got your, your first product. It's come back. You're really happy with it. How do you get it out there to the people?
1: Well, this is way back when. Um, so, you know, I just posted a photo on Instagram. I remember having to Google what a hashtag was. I just didn't know what I was doing. So posted on Instagram and then we're going to the markets every weekend. So at the time I was living in Melbourne and we're going to the markets in Brighton and, you know, on Greville Street and just all of these trendy places. And then it's just word of mouth. So it was the growth of my business was truly organic in the sense that it was people talking about it and there was no paid speech you know, no sponsored posts, no endorsed influencers promoting it. It was just people buying and talking and buying and talking.
0: Well, that's the the best way, I think, to get a business rolling, that word of mouth. That is what kind of really has an impact. You must have just seen some incredible changes, like going from Instagram in those early days where, like, you know, you couldn't buy stuff off Insta like you can now. There wasn't that whole influencer market. Yeah. Was it still a useful tool for you, though? Instagram still is a very useful tool.
1: Um, It allows you to be creative and to show different sides of the brand and to actually give the brand a bit of a quirky identity. But back then it was less thought out. So it was more organic. You know, there was less planning the grid and less copy conversation. So it was nicer. It was easier back then, I think
0: yeah you go oh great photo chucking yeah, that up <laughs> yeah.
1: but now I just wouldn't even de- I wouldn't dream about starting a bikini business at this point
0: uh, really yeah, wouldn't just... do it.
1: yeah. <laughs> it's so saturated and like all the brands that it can just pop up on Instagram in, in 30 seconds it's wild
0: Speaking of bikini business, it's I imagine it would be quite cyclical as well, or is it not once you began to look internationally rather than just locally? Because obviously bikinis are summer. <laughs> yeah, we, no, we, I, we're
1: we busy all the time. So we go into winter, but then Europe and America come alive, you know, spring break and Coachella and European holidays. And then you've got Christmas and summer in Australia. So it's it's just constant. You wouldn't think that because, and I used to get asked that a lot, everyone would say, oh, are you are quiet? It's winter. But no, my international market, it's just pumping.
0: Did you always have your eye on this is going to be a global
1: brand? No. So I never set out with the intention to take over the world, to be spotted on celebrities, to do be doing X amount of dollars a year. I really just wanted to have something that enabled me to – pay the mortgage and have a nice car and be happy. But now here we are. So everything else is just a cherry on the top, to be honest.
0: And what was it like when you saw your first – were the Kardashians the first kind of famous celebs to adopt your brand?
1: Yeah, it was Kylie Jenner. She was the first one. Um, And then it just was a flow-on effect from there. But
0: it it was nice. It was really, really cool to see it. (laughs) Did you you have any idea? Like, had they been, like, going – Hey, we'd like some samples of these. <laughs> well, at
1: the time it came through as an email from a stylist in inverted commas, and I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, this can't be a stylist. This is this is a joke. We're sending out free bikinis to strange people. That's a hundred dollars I've just lost." Yeah, but it turned out to really be her stylist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the so, best $100 that I, you've lost I, I ever. Even,
1: yeah, I didn't know what a style this was and I thought I was just sending out free bikinis to some con woman that's claiming to be Kylie Jenner's assistant. <laughs>
0: Someone catfishing you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was true.
0: And did the, the business really snowball from there?
1: Yeah. From there it just – been lucky the business has never dipped so I've always had you know a positive and upward trajectory of growth.
0: Mm. Did it force you to have to scale quite rapidly did everyone suddenly want your bikinis? It didn't force me to scale I yes everyone wanted them and then
1: I sort of was one of the first brands as well to adopt the pre-order mentality or that pre-order hysteria. So Kylie Jennings sold out within 24 hours and I thought, oh my God, people are still asking for it. I'm losing all of this money. What am I going to do? So then pre-order became a thing and then I was able to stabilize my units, you know, the bikini units that were coming in and allow for all of that consumption I guess
0: where does your design inspiration come from it comes from myself so if
1: ever there's a moment and I think oh my god this doesn't exist why is this happening why does the strap fall off there's not enough padding I go and I fix it myself and then I go to market with the product that I didn't have before because I know for certain that whenever anything like that happens, you're not alone. Whether it's a toothbrush or a bikini, if there's an issue or there's a hole, you're definitely not alone.
0: Yeah, it, it's quite a common story for founders. They they see a problem personally that's yeah. impacting, and then they're like, "Hmm, I could fix that." Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: just a human thing. That it, it's just a yeah human tactic, I guess.
0: And how has COVID impacted the business? I imagine for a lot of swimwear labels it's been pretty hard because everyone's been trapped inside. But I hear your story's been a little different. Yeah, well, see, I knew as soon
1: as COVID happened that if we could just weather the storm, we'd be fine. And its I am fine. I've always kept my finger actually on the pulse with all of my finances, my marketing, the whole shebang. So I didn't have anyone that I was answering to in that aspect. And as soon as it happened, it just, you know, I fine-tuned everything that was going on. I had to let go of staff that we didn't need. And, you know, we're all working from home, so you've got to figure that out. But we're okay. And touching on what I said earlier, I would hate to have been a brand or I would hate to be a brand now that has just jumped into the industry because it's really hard.
0: And did you pivot at all?
1: Not really. I've never been brick and mortar. So we've always been online, 100% online our wholesalers i've um, we're still wholesale but it was just got a little bit smaller because you know the courier companies just couldn't keep up and then there was a lycra shortage which happened in 2020 as soon as covid happened
0: who would think that would be a thing a lycra shortage
1: The industry was totally impacted by covid because dyes weren't being able to be produced or shipped and then the lycra wasn't being able to be produced or shipped and then it was just a stoppage there
0: but no we've been all right so what did you do when that the great lycra shortage of 2020 (laughs) hit the business
1: well we put things on pre-order and we also launched loungewear which was very appropriate the whole working from home thing happening so bikinis and then working from home lounge we pushed a lot of the lounge and then just the the standard black and white bikinis that we had on hand and we reduced obviously the number the units that we had and we had to go to market with just a different approach and just change a few colors and that type of thing
0: and is loungewear going to be a permanent part of your brand now yeah
1: yeah it will be I've always done like bikini cover-ups but never a full collection or a capsule like we added last year. So, yes, it's here to stay.
0: <laughs> and what do you think has been the biggest lesson you've learned from this whole experience of the last 18 months?
1: I think I was right when I didn't want to release control of so much of my company and that just, it scares me to think about having had employed or given, you know, full control of social media or marketing or the finances or production to somebody else because then something like this were to happen and then you've got a real shitstorm sorry but you've got a lot of people that you're answering to mm. so i think i was right in not relaxing in that aspect is that because it's easy once you grow a brand it's easy to get people in and it. it's easy to put your feet up and and just give orders it's much harder to stay, stay at the reins for nine years.
0: Yeah, it's a long journey. Is there still passion and excitement for your brand? Yeah, I love it. I'm, a, yeah,
1: love it. I'm just a control freak and this is my baby. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've got, yeah, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. What do you think is it about the industry that still gets you excited? It's not so much about the industry, it's the business itself. I'm just extremely proud of what I have done and what I can do and I'm a single person. So I've never had – I've had interest, definitely, investors come knocking all day long. It's just me that's calling the shots and making the decisions and changing and evolving the brand. So that's what gets me going. I'm just so proud of it.
0: It is, um, as you say, being that that one person who – is in charge of the brand I imagine that also made it a lot simpler for you when COVID did hit yeah it was you you had you to answer to apart from obviously you want to take care of your staff or that kind of thing but the bottom line is it all sat with you but did that also bring a lot of pressure totally so hard to be the
1: the one person that's responsible for so much you know I'm responsible for the food that people are eating, for the rent that they're not paying, if they're not paying their rent. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, it's hard, but it's, yeah, it it is what it is. It's just part of it, I guess. Because if I'm sacrificing a bit of the company and I'm having a partner on board, then I'm opening or allowing conversation to happen and I'm sharing that with somebody else. And I really don't want to do that. So I have to wear it. It's, It's all me.
0: So I imagine you're looking forward to business reopening, as we all are. Are you in Melbourne still?
1: I'm on the Gold Coast.
0: Ah, lucky thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm excited for
1: Christmas, yes. I'm excited for everybody to get excited again, to be honest, because you can feel it when people are enthusiastic and they're posting pictures and they're just happy. That's the best part of it, travelling, seeing those selfies, yeah.
0: I think we're all looking forward to being able to catch up with everyone again. Yeah, definitely. And lastly, any advice for someone, an entrepreneur, potential entrepreneur sitting at home, they've come up with an idea, they're not sure if it'll work or not, should they just get out there and give it a go? See, my previous advice pre-COVID was always, yes, jump
1: in and just stay in your lane. But now it's a little bit different. I would definitely advise everybody to do your market research, to really think about the market that you're jumping into, to have the money there to save you if it doesn't work or the pandemic flares up again. But think about the market because there's so much available at this point and what's your point of difference? How are you different from everybody else and how is that going to set you up for the next 10 years? Because it's all well and good to enter the market with a really cool T-shirt. But what else have you got to give and what are you doing different and why should someone spend their money on you?
0: Yeah, that's, that's great advice actually. And I did say lastly, but I actually want to touch on one more thing, sustainability, mm. that's also a very important part of your business. Do you think that these days consumers are expecting that from brands?
1: I think they are. I think everyone is thinking twice about it. It's interesting, though, now that it is a movement because my swimwear has been sustainable since day one. We just didn't talk about it in 2012, in 2013. It was kind of, I don't want to say disgusting, but if you were given an option to have a recycled bikini back then, you, you wouldn't have done it. Um, so you just didn't, it wasn't sexy to talk about. But now it's a thing. Still, I'm saying if you've got a bikini of mine from 2013, it's sustainable, it's fully recycled. But now, yes, I think it is. A, it is a thing, and people are thinking twice about it. So, it's important.
0: Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Beck. It's been lovely chatting to you. And um, good luck with whatever the new year brings. And, Thank and you. lucky you out out and about on the Gold Coast. Degrees <laughs> <laughs> today as well. <laughs> You're just you're punishing me even yeah, more. Stop it. I'm sorry. Thank you for having me though. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.